What's up, everybody? Welcome to the newly rebranded podcast. You see only half of our hosts are here. So this episode, usually you probably clicked on this thinking you're going to listen to an episode of The Broken Campfire. But I've decided to strategically remove some letters to represent um, the lack of hosts here. And this is now the Bro Camp episode. Bro Camp. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense. Now Greg's so, in Italy. Quote, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. We Everybody had two will, people there. The what an attractive time. locale. I know. We'll get a special update on how Italy went from Greg next week. And um, you know what? We might let Vito chime in too, but I really want to hear Greg's take on it. Yeah, what a beautiful place. You'd probably appreciate it more. Yeah, That's okay. Stuff. It's okay because I'm joined by John and Flask, who are both still um, acceptable podcasters. I won't say mediocre. They're, they're cut above that. Um, so I think we'll have a good show. Thanks. Hello. Broken Campfire at gmail.com or the Twitter at Broken Campfire. Those two things are important to keep in mind because it lets you send out your uh, your thoughts, your feelings, and your reviews. I read one review earlier this week, and I know I know you listeners are thinking, oh man, Andy talks about the same stuff every week. It's it's all Yakuza this and Twin Peaks that. Uh, I'm just going to give you guys a preview. I got all new stuff today. Nothing I've talked about before. Yeah, we'll see. Whoa. But who's going to do the but One it's Piece not my update? Turn. Well, John's seen all of it, so he can't really update it. Right? But <laughs> He can just talk about what can... Greg would have watched. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. yeah, I can. Greg finished uh, Dress Rosa, <laughs> which is the... I believe the second longest arc in the series, the first one being the one that just finished. Yeah, it's pretty. And weird. how long is that? That second longest arc? How many episodes? Just roughly. Tress Rosa. Uh, I want to say somewhere sixty to a hundred, somewhere in between there, I believe. And that's just yeah. off the top of my head, so I could be. I can look it up, but I could be off. Well, John, uh, you're spinning up right now. Why don't you go ahead and I'm going to pass the microphone to you, and you can start us off. Yeah, that was Greg's roundtable. Now, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can start. It's 118 episodes. Oh, damn, it's been longer than I thought. Well, you got damn. Him. How, wait, you said it's the second longest arc. How long is the longest arc, and what is it? Longest arc is still going on in the anime. It just finished in the manga. It's Wano. It's like a samurai land. And I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but in like real life, it was like three or four years of just that's being crazy. there. That's crazy. And that's of like not had take. I mean, you know, maybe taking like a week off, like you know, or uh, every like month or so. You know, it'd be like a week in between chapters. You know, usually they're every week too. I'm not a One Piece fan. Well, that sounds terrible. I haven't really given it a chance. But I, I'm not. I'm not you, is what I'm trying to say. But to me, it sounds like I would not enjoy the long arcs as much, right? Because they they drag on, and you're just ready for the next location. That's why I like the manga. You kind of think I so, like but it's pace. funny. Dress Rosa and Nawano are two of the highest rated arcs. Yeah. Okay. True. Interesting. Uh, and they're not without their problems, especially. I, I don't know. Dress Rosa is pretty darn good. Wano, while being pretty good, it just had so many characters. You know, it felt like it was kind of. Not everybody got their due. Even though, I mean, a lot. I mean, obviously, it's fucking. It's huge. A lot of characters did get their due, but, you know, it's just a lot to juggle, especially with it coming to the end of the series. You know, there's just so many characters now. But we're not necessarily close to the end, right? 
kill him I'm off. Gonna, like I said, I'm going to say at least another th- three to five years. How many were on issue like 1050 in the manga? What? If we're past to- that now. Probably like 1060 or something now. What would you say, just total guess, would be the final issue? What number? That's really, uh, that's, oh, that's crazy. It's kind of hard. Um, I don't know what I'd say. They're on 1060 now. It's like one, let's just say one a week. So at least, I'm going to, I'm going to say 400 more. Okay. So we'll, we'll see in 400, uh, chapters whether you're correct so that's john's uh and that's probably on like 1500 exactly that would be a good round number to end it on right (laughs) would be like if you if you had if you were the the mangaku or whatever for one piece you're kind of doing your fans a disservice if you end up like 1499 right like just go for that extra one yeah just throw the whole thing in the trash at that point Let's see. I I just looked it up really quick. I believe this is accurate. So Dress Rose is 118. Wano so far is 143, and they're definitely in the latter half. Like latter, I would even say like last 20 percent. But there's still definitely more episodes. So yeah, they're, they, this is the biggest one for sure. Interesting, but uh, you didn't come here to talk about One Piece. I don't think. Well, you don't know that. I could talk about One Piece forever. Don't. Don't. We're on episode 333. And With we're in the, the middle of, Yeah, we're in the middle of a stupid filler arc, and I'm tempted just to skip them, but... Right now, they... they okay, it's just, it's just how the, the filler arcs are silly. It's not like they're like terrible, like, why am I watching this? They just don't add up, because in the latest, latest arc that we watched, um, Water 7... They basically just beat, like, the government's, like, top-rated assassin. They're called CP0. It's, like, the, the lying guy and the, the, or the cheetah guy and the giraffe and stuff. I don't know if you watched Tina's watching those. They just beat, like, the, 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 the world's toughest group of, like, government assassins. And then they go into this filler arc, and they're, like, fighting this family of bounty hunters that plays hockey. <laughs> and, they're, and they're having trouble. Okay. And it's like, well, how am I supposed to believe this? Bounty hunters who play hockey? Yeah, well, I mean, they're just, they're just bounty hunters, but their theme is like, oh, we're in winter gear, and like, uh, oh, I skate around in hockey sticks and kick hockey pucks at people. It's like, the guy's attack. It's just lame as fuck. Like, they're just a bunch of nobodies, and I'm supposed to believe that Straw Hats are, like, having a hard time overcoming them when I just saw them beat the world's greatest assassins. The government should have hired the uh, hockey players. They should have. And like I said, it's a filler arc, so it's like, it's not in the manga, it's, you know, anime exclusive, just to, like, put some padding after, you know, uh, different arcs. But it's just... Most yeah, that's of them always suck. disappointing. Most of them suck. I mean, that's for a lot of animes, you know, the filler's usually just not as good. They don't have a good uh, sense of the context that they're in, really. Yeah. And this one, well, this one's kind of funny. I wonder how much notes, or how many notes they get, because obviously they, you know, they can't tell years and years in advance, but... In this filler arc, one of the characters actually does have a double fruit power, and it's called the hot hot fruit. And he can anything he touches, he can like boil and stuff, or like make really hot. Uh, but much much later, like three or four hundred episodes later, we're gonna meet um, Big Mom. She's one of the like the the emperors. You know, there's only four emperors in the sea, and she's like one of them. So she's like the top dogs. And one of her sons has not the hot hot fruit. 
but the heat heat fruit and he is canon and real and it's the exact same power i wonder if if uh if they just made that up on the spot and they they have to ask before they give people double fruit powers because you know maybe yoda wants to use them in the future or they just did it and what what do you mean by they you mean the anime folks versus the mangaku yeah, well, I mean, I don't know exactly how that works, but yeah, when when people call like filler, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know already. Like filler is yeah. just yeah stuff that was in the the anime that was not in the manga is not considered canon. But I, I wonder, is it like uh, who's writing that? It's not. I don't think it's Oda, you know, writing that. So is it like just somebody at Toei, or they're just like an no, editor? Like, yeah, that's a fair point. My my confusion was because I I I always forget that filler in anime isn't just a diminutive term, but it, it has a specific meaning about manga adaptations of anime, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, it's just non-canon stuff that they added in. Usually they yeah. add in, like, between arcs when, you know, maybe, like, in the manga they're gonna take, like, a two-week break. You know, they'll just throw in something. And they're usually only, like, five, four episodes, but they, they just, you can just, I don't even have to look them up. You can just tell by the way the episodes feel. You're like, oh, this wasn't, this wasn't in the manga. I mean, you would have to think that they do have to get his permission to an extent, right? Because, like, I guess it depends on how it's set up. Like, uh, Game of Thrones show, for example, had George R. R. Martin as an executive producer, right? So he may not have had creative control, but everything probably was floated through him or by him. Yeah, maybe they run it by him and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's probably got to be the same. Like I said, the, the guy that came later with the exact same Devil Fruit power who is a real character that was in for in, in real time, probably like 10 years. Like they couldn't just have a filler arc where Luffy was gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> you it, it just, it just spent like 10 episodes having crazy <laughs> wild ass gay sex. He's rubber dude. He could definitely do that. Oh, he could do it. And he'd be really good at it. Uh, uh, yeah. He, I don't want to talk about this. All right. He would so be that's really one good at it. We're on episode, uh, I'm on episode 333 in our watch. Uh, but you know, uh, there's some vacations being taken soon. I think we're going to make some real, some real progress during those. <laughs> oh yeah. I took off some days during that same week that, uh, Oxl took off. I forgot. I keep forgetting this coming up. October's going to be lit. Did. By the way, right, a guy yeah. with a hot devil fruit power seems like an accident waiting to happen. If he's a hockey and cold themed guy. Well, that, okay. So that is, I mean, <laughs> Uh, just, just again, a spoilers here. You don't have to. They, they are. Uh, it, it's just. I mean, it's not that big of spoilers. It, so the the hot hot guy, or the heat heat guy. No, he. This this guy's the hot hot guy. A hot yes. hot fruit user is like the father of the uh, the bounty hunters. He keeps he's everybody else sitting, in line with his boil well, yeah, hands. He's, he's you know he's a hothead. He's just sitting in this ice palace, but he's getting more and more mad, and it's starting to melt. Ah, that's, okay. That's going to be their downfall. So it is literally an accident happening. Not waiting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so that is one piece. We're about to get to. I think I already talked about this. After this filler arc, we're gonna get to something called Thriller Bark, which is like uh, you've talked about that one a bit. Yeah, it's a spooky arc. They go perfect there and for October. You can summon like zombies and and there's ghosts and and all that spookiness. Yeah, perfect for October. I think we've talked about this before, but what would happen to somebody who took? Six or seven devil fruits and put them in a blender and drink the milkshake. So, according to the show, you die. You can only have one. Mm, interesting. Uh, they haven't gone. To, uh, I can, I'm going to stop talking one piece. I, I can talk about it what forever. If, what if? What if that's just like a rumor that some guy started, just so he would have all the power? 
Oh. Well, this is big spoilers. It's kind. It kind of is a rumor because there is exactly one character in the show who does have two devil fruit powers, oh. but, but we don't know how he did it. Oh, uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll explain it. Okay, interesting. All right, so that, yeah, that's One Piece. Uh, I love it, and it loves me. But in video game news, I could say probably maybe even more important than One Piece in video game news. What? I know, I know. So you know, I you're tripping the, right now. Uh, oh, well, actually, no. So the last time we talked, I was playing the Odd World series. Yeah, and you were having a mixed go at it. I think you were mostly enjoying the games, but you were finding, I, I the sa- the salient point I remember is that every one of those games had some something fucky going on with it when you played it. Exactly, several Soulstorm because it came out in like 2019. Right. I, but going to that point, I dropped Munch's Odyssey because it was just too fucking buggy. It was just hmm. randomly. I got to a point where I. It's a good I, thing I, Greg's not here. Right. I had to quit because I had a save, and for some reason, when I loaded the save, if I touched the ground in a certain area, which I had to, I would clip through it, and. That was it. The game was like soft locked. My guy would just fall forever. Just don't touch right. the ground, Weird. LOL. And the only save before that was like an hour and a half. And I was just not. Doing You're not going to put another two hours of the game. Fuck that. No, because I wasn't enjoying it that much. So I downloaded the PlayStation emulator. And I downloaded Tomba and Tomba 2. Whoa. And I beat them. What? what? I put How my child. How long are those games? Uh, fuck, dude. Uh, Tomba, I want to say 97, no, maybe like 96 and 97 or 97 and 98. It came out like, a, you know, within a year of each other. Sorry, I, I asked how long are those games? Oh, how long? How long? Uh, I, how long to be says 8 and then 15. I want to say what? I did Tomba 1 in 6 hours and I, Tomba 2 is definitely longer, but I don't think I got the time. Yeah, okay. Uh, both enjoyable. I was closer than I thought as a child to beating them, but the things I was missing, I don't think I ever, I ever would have got. <laughs> I know that. Some of the puzzles were very obscure. You were looking uh, up? I, I did look up some stuff at the end, um, mainly because well, in Tumble One, I was playing at one hundred percent in it, but I m- kind of messed up, and I advanced too far to advance a mission because you have extra missions. You know, you have like. Uh, you know, you can do the main story and just beat the pigs, but there's, you know, it's an RPG, so there's, like, hidden weapons to find and stuff, and, and quests like that. Um, and I got pretty far. I probably got, you know, out of, like, 120 quests, like, 117 or something done. Uh, but yeah, one of them I kind of soft-locked myself out of, because you need to do it earlier in the game, because as you, like, do missions, it, like, uh... This flower grows, but if you don't have any missions to do, the flower ain't gonna grow. So I just said, "Fuck it," and just beat the game. Uh, and then I moved on to Tomba Two, which I I remembered a lot more of Tomba One. Um, you know, especially just seeing Flash play it, I was like, "Oh, I remember this area, and this area, and this area." Mm-hmm. And Tomba yeah, Two really is definitely ball. more like. As I got to the areas, I was like, "Oh, fuck, dude, I remember this." Or like, "Oh, hidden memory unlocked." Definitely. Didn't remember most of it on the surface, and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay," and I, I definitely got farther than I thought as a child in that one. I was pretty darn close, but yeah. Like I said, there was just one or two 
things that I was not going to figure out. And then I was going to 100% this one. And then I just got lazy and I didn't. <laughs> but I definitely could have. Well, okay, so there's two. There's, there's a few reasons. Uh, one of them, there's a, uh, there's a trolley mission. It's kind of infamous if you know anything about Tomba 2. There's like a trolley you have to take. And it's like a time trial thing. Like trolley goes really fast and you got to like lean on different sides not to, to knock over it. That part is easy. But the part that is difficult is there's a side objective in the trolley area where you have to collect these five seeds. And I, I don't know if it's, I mean, it has to be just because I'm on the emulator and it, probably some sort of setting that I have messed up. Um, certain effects in the game, like uh, like enemy attacks, like fire attacks, or anything that's like kind of looked pixelated on the PlayStation 1, the pixels are like fucking extremely fine. I'm talking like, like one or two pixels on the screen. So when I'm doing this trolley thing, I'm supposed to be getting these like five seeds and you gotta like lean left and right. And I... And I guess I could look it up. I've already looked up other stuff. But I, for the life of me, cannot see the fifth seed. Like, I'm fucking mm. staring. You know, I'm doing the trolley thing, so I'm going fast. But I'm looking at the screen as hard as I can, looking for that, like, single little green pixel. I gotta roll over and get it. Um, yeah, I bet you're exactly right. Like, that little green pixel is the seed pixel. But, like, on the PlayStation 1 version, there's some kind of glowing effect around it or something that makes it much easier to see that you can't see. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, like, even enemies that, like, shoot, like, fire attacks, you can, I mean, you can barely see it. You, they're just, like, little red oh, dots yeah. that kind of come out. Um, Since you're emulating it, I wonder if bumping up the resolution would help with that at all. Or yeah, I, mean, I didn't even want to mess with anything. I don't think whatever. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I, again, with that one, I think at, I, that one I checked because I, I have a few things to say about Toma 2. That one I did um, like 124 out of 132. Was, oh wow, you did almost all of them. Almost all of them. And the ones I didn't do, I looked it up. There was uh, there's a, a golden there's oh, three three secret towers you can find in the game, and they give you a special weapon. I found two of them, and then there's a golden tower that you can find. That if you've collected all three of the weapons and these special items, you get a gold power, which makes gold powder, which makes you invincible. But I was wow. already, I mean, the game's not that hard. I was like, I don't really want to go for this. Like, yeah, I mean, if there's no, like, secret tough. ending or true yeah, ending exactly. or something like that. As soon as I found that out. Odyssey. But I will say, to compare the two, Tomba, um, you know, you had lives. And, um, you know, if your hit points reach zero, you would uh, just start back in the kind of beginning of whatever era you were in. Unless you ran out of lives, then it would make you reload your last save. Mm-hmm. Um, in Toma 2, you have unlimited lives, but if you lose your hit points, um, you just go back to the beginning of the area you were at, and it gives you the opportunity to save. There's no, like, fuck you, you gotta reload your game. Mm. So, Toma 2 is more forgiving in that sense, but I think it was harder, um, just in more, like, more enemies on screen and stuff, uh... They kind of balanced out that way. But one thing I, I didn't notice as a child, right? I, I think I just didn't get here because mm -hmm. it was uh, an extra content or whatever. There was a mission I did that uh, I snuck in or I, I was able to shrink myself and I was talking to these rabbit folk or these squirrel folk and uh, they had a thing where it would read your memory card and depending on how many missions you had done in Tomba 1, it would um, add like little NPCs from Tomba 1 throughout the Tomba 2 world. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh and it was very, very small little Easter egg. Like you could talk to them, and they, like the elves, you know, or no, the dwarves rather. 
yeah, I, I met two of the dwarves, and they were like, oh, I lost a seed somewhere around here, and I just had to walk outside, and it was like right there and grab it. So, like, these really super tiny missions, but but it was cool. I've never, I don't know. I'm sure other places, I mean, obviously, obviously other PlayStation games have read your memory card, but I didn't expect Toma to do something like that. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. I wouldn't have expected either. I mean, of course, famously, I think everybody knows the Metal Gear Solid 1 Psycho right. Mantis yeah. example, but yeah. There's a, I, I mean, there's sure a squirrel there's like psychomanticing of, your uh, Well, you know, card. actually, I, I, another game <laughs> yeah, right? uh, completely out of the blue here, just mentioning this, um, if you've played Golden Sun 2, if you have Golden Sun 1, uh, sorry, 1, I think it gives you a password at the end of the game. I can't remember if it gives you a long password or if you just, no, because Game Boys didn't have memory cards, right? They use passwords they like uh, Oracle of Ages yeah. and Seasons. Use the password system to transfer yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, stuff between I believe games. then, yeah, th- sorry. I believe at the end of Golden Sun 1, it'll give you a password, and you can put that in when you play Golden Sun 2, and it'll give you, it'll either character, or carry your character's levels over, or it gives you like special items that you got in the first game. Um, so I like when games huh, do that. That's cool. That's I, cool. I don't know a lot of games that do that, but yeah, there's a few. I know, I'll have to keep that in mind, Wink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I beat I beat both of the Toma games, uh, defeated my childhood, and now I feel a little empty. I actually haven't played anything since then. <laughs> Your childhood is just gone from you. That's so yeah. sad. Well, I downloaded Skull Monkeys as well, and I um I was playing through that. I mean, I was having fun. But you already, but you already beat that. Yeah, I had beaten that in the past, and uh, uh, you know, we were talking when I was playing it. A lot of the reviews were saying it's kind of repetitive, and it's not totally off. It's really not. A difficult game and it doesn't add that many crazy elements um hmm. you know, it's it seems like a style make... game right like that's exactly what i was about to say if you're playing the game you're playing for the uh the charm and like the style which i still enjoy i'm still still digging it i'm gonna i'm gonna beat it again you can probably beat it in one night uh but yeah definitely uh would you would you actually recommend tomba and tomba 2 and i only ask just because you you keep referring to it as killing your childhood. So you were motivated for other reasons, and they were good games to play it. I I recommend both of them for sure. Um, I I could definitely see people bouncing off of them. Maybe even Tomba Two more because hmm. Tomba Two. While I did enjoy it, there was just. Or for one, every time you use an item, there's like a... So in Toma 2, you have different like, suits. You can wear a squirrel suit and it helps you glide. A pig suit. Uh, you can talk to pigs and uh, you can later swim with it. And, you know, different items and stuff. You're constantly changing and using. And every time you do, there's like a three or four second cutscene where like it, everything freezes. Toma oh. takes out the item and uses it. Oh, I hate and, that like, shit. There's just... So, even when you're like backtracking to fly to different areas... And there's it it wears on you after a while. It's just like yeah. I don't want to see this fucking cutscene anymore. Uh, there's a lot of small annoyances like that, and I think that because Toma Two is a m- much more of a 3D game, there's a lot more like you turning the screen and stuff. Uh, I don't know. It can just be a lot more imprecise. It felt like than Toma One, uh, but I definitely still enjoy both of them. And I think if you like games. And it, it's not exactly like this, but you you can see the DNA in it. If you like games like Hollow Knight or or just stuff like that, I you know uh, I, I think you'd like Tomba. I, I mean, as, as a newcomer, I was I was enjoying what I played of Tomba. 
and uh yeah yeah it was it was fun to play and listeners you can enjoy it too at youtube.com slash broken campfire <laughs> you can yeah um and you know at the end of the game you know i beat the last evil pig and he said he was going to come back to play again but what he never did it was or like has not yet yeah I mean, in the inevitable cycle of these things is that at some point in the next 10 years, some guy who helped make that game is going to make a Kickstarter to either make Tomba 3 or a knockoff. Right? I, I even, we talked about that guy. He made some sort of Resident Evil-like game, right? We talked about during the Oh, yeah. No, I think you're stream. right. I wonder what he's made so far after this. Or they'll do a Klonoa-style remaster of the two Tomba games. That'd be sick. I would. I mean, obviously, I'd pay for that. Obviously. I mean, come on, director. What's he done? We're talking about Takuro uh, Fujiwara. Yeah. So he did the last game. He was the director for it was the Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. I mean, those are good games. I, yeah, I think I heard good things. That was like the the new one that came out last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you know what? He was a original game. I didn't play this on the the Wii, but you remember that game Mad World on the Wii? It was all black and white. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was uh, the original game design on that game. Hmm. What? It's interesting talk? looking at his uh, career on Wikipedia. Like, yeah, that's what I'm looking at right now. Straight up until 1999, he was super active, and then it's not like he. It looks like he's been out of work for long, but like some big gaps. Like 2009 to 2021, he wasn't making yeah, Ghosts and Goblins that whole time, I'm sure. Maybe he was doing non-video game stuff. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Yeah, the hand in the Mega Man series, it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, anyways, that is, um, I mean, that's it. I've just been tombing out. Tombing <laughs> out, dude. I ain't played nothing else since. Still gotta I might get fix bad. that later on. Um... Okay, Flask. Yeah. What have you been up to the last week or so? Uh, no, I haven't gone back or, to Tomba longer yet. because I know because I know that you you save topics. <laughs> right. Sometimes I just leave stuff for later. Uh, yeah, no, no Tomba yet. I do want to uh, play through those, but maybe I'll just mm-hmm. like the next time I'm you know in voice chat Dude, and John's yeah. there, I'll throw it up and John can tell up. me exactly what to do. Uh, oh, I got you, dude. <laughs> He's good uh, at it. I watched. Oh, I watched uh, season one, and so far the only season of the show from, which is a bad name for SEO, but from on Epics. Hmm. Have you guys heard of the show? Those sound like bad names on S- for <laughs> SEO to me. Uh, it stars uh, Harold Perrineau, who played Michael on Lost, the guy with the son Walt. Well, you know, he's always, yeah. uh, he's done obviously much other stuff since then, but I think that's still what he's best known for. And this is sort of a similar show. So it's a point worth making. Uh, it's just the, the premise real quick is just, uh, there's this town that once you enter in, uh, you can't leave. It just loops you back into the town whenever you try to leave. And every night, uh, monsters that look like people come out and try to kill you. So you have to hide away 
and uh, put talismans up to ward them off from entering your homes. And so there's just been this community formed of people who have been stranded there in this little town in the middle of nowhere, um, just trying to survive with each other, you know, trying to not get eaten every night and create some sort of functioning society. Uh, and Harold Perrineau plays the sheriff, so he's sort of the town leader. Um, but it, it mainly focuses on him, this new family that comes to town, mother, father, and daughter, and son, uh, and a bunch of other people. This other new guy that comes to town and is trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 that kind of mystery sci-fi sort of show. mystery horror, a little bit of you know speculative fiction stuff. And uh, you know, we've had one 10 episode season so far. Honestly, it was kind of disappointing to me. I ended up watching the whole thing, but I, I did consider dropping it just because it falls into that same mystery box formula that Lost was, was very famous or infamous for of just introducing all sorts of different little threads to, to chew on as far as mysteries go. And answering very little, uh, even by the end. Basically, every new every new revelation is the invitation to a new thread of mystery, which just frustrates me more than it entices me. Um, Lost obviously infamously did this because they had no idea what they were doing and they were just coming up with shit uh, to to keep viewers engaged. <laughs> this isn't a Wendell Off show, is it? I don't think he no, I don't think he's involved with this one. Um, I forget even who is uh creator wise. John Griffin is his name that I'm not familiar with and doesn't seem to have his own Wikipedia page. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know that person. Apparently he hasn't done much <laughs> aside from this. I don't know how these people get these shows to be creators of to be showrunners of how do these people get tapped for this stuff to get a like you are getting a show to run on you know a network or on some sort of production yeah it's it's, it's strange pick a, name from a hat. pick a name from a hat or you know some you know you know people it's connections yeah i mean it is really interesting because looking at his imdp imdb page his literal only credit before Okay, he wrote a Twilight Zone episode for the 2019 show. Right, right. The Jordan. Uh, but his only credit other than that before from was a podcast episode. <laughs> it is, th yeah, that does strike one as slightly insane to give him a show based on but those I mean, credentials. But we don't know. I guess, I guess to get a show, all you really need is a really good pitch and mm -hmm. a meeting with uh, somebody who can make it happen. So, True. like you said, I mean, it's yeah. Just a, a French thing. The dream is that you could walk into a, a production studio and pitch really well and then get your show, you know? But I didn't think that that's how it actually worked ever, you know? Yeah. Uh, but good for this guy, you know? But it's, it's, cause it's not, it's not terrible, certainly. It's good just pitch, least, frustrating as a show. It's just for yeah. the reasons I stated, the mystery box stuff, it is frustrating. Um, and the characters, as with many, many shows, don't really talk like people. They often just kind of 
conflict at one another. <laughs> uh, they kind of posture at one another or say things at one another instead of talking. Have little monologues about their backstories. Right. It's uh, it's not realistic per se. Um, but yeah, decent atmosphere. I wish there was more of the monsters and more of the mystery, but decent atmosphere. Uh, I'm probably not going to watch season two. I just really don't care at this point after after ten episodes of that. But that's that's from that's from from me. And okay, why is the show from, called from? from? I don't know. From from you. Is that because that's the that's the biggest question? Like where where are we from? I mean, where do we come from? They where know where they're from. I guess there are certain things in the show that you do speculate on where it's from. The I I know people probably have theories, but I don't I don't know them. <laughs> I don't know why it's called from. Uh, there was no point where the main character stared into the camera and said from. <laughs> <laughs> wow truly we are from here now <laughs> this truly this was a from tonight <laughs> um but from my out from my out from my mouth to your ears comes my next thing which is that i played uh legend of zelda skyward sword uh, i got around uh, to that. yes the famously meh legend of zelda i never <laughs> played it but meh. But that is the pe- people generally regard it as a low point in the mainline series of games. Mm-hmm. I was almost going to say I made myself finish the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, but I didn't yeah. know if I really felt that deep down. I, like I'm half joking when I say when I would say that because I do have to apologize to Twilight Princess. I will say I think I was too harsh to it at the time because my time with Skyward Sword has sort of made me reflect fondly on on TP in certain ways. I mean, the I motion controls. Comment on your, on your TP thing, because I think I was kind of negative against. Well, sounds weird to say negative against your TP review, but <laughs> um, that was a few weeks ago. You talked about that, and the time yes. since, I went down some YouTube rabbit holes, and one day while I was doing stuff, I had uh, Matthew Matosis's uh, video series on Zelda come through, and he actually had a really good. I thought analysis of Twilight Princess, wherein he basically makes the ultimate point like Twilight Princess was Nintendo just wanting to make Ocarina of Time again after people were kind of wishy washy on Wind Waker and something so different. Yes. And so, you know, looking at it through that lens and all some of the other things he said, I, I think I can t- totally buy your take on it. And, and mind you, I haven't really played the game since I was a kid. I just, I really liked it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And understandable. I mean, I think I think I was I think I'm usually pretty fair and balanced about what I say about things, yeah. but I think I I I think I think the takeaway is often that I'm seem negative about something because I because I have more to say about the negatives than I do about the positives. But I think if you listen to whatever I say, uh, TP included, that uh, that I do talk about the positives as well, and I and well, I, you do yeah I have a balanced and take. I know that. And for this as well. It's just always more interesting to talk about the controversy, you know? Yes, and you probably have more words, and you always have more words in your head about that stuff because the positives are what just works, you know? Yeah, you don't even think about it. And stuff that just just works. Exactly. Uh, But even, like, yeah, I I think I have a balanced take even for Skyward Sword here. I mean, 
what I was going to talk about first was the motion controls. Uh, honestly, felt kind of atrocious to me. To me, at least in the so beginning. How did you play this? On uh, I, I played Skyward Sword HD on the Switch because I wanted okay. to actually use right. motion controls. Um, but that's you know it's a Switch, not a. So did you have like a? Does it work? Did you have like a Joy-Con disconnected from the Switch itself, or were you playing it like mobile? Or how does that work? I, I was playing it with Joy Cons. Okay. Skyward Sword HD did introduce uh, the option to turn on button controls, but I wasn't going to do that because I really just wanted to play it as close to the way as uh, intended as possible. Without getting an original, and it was Wii. intended. Yes, without getting an original Wii or getting like a dolphin bar or something like that. Yeah, um, which I might do someday just to play some Wii games. But it sounds like not, sounds kind of funky. Yeah. Um, but you would hope that like the Switch would have as good or improved controls considering it's a much later system or console and like they're updating it whatever i don't know if they're better or worse than on the wii i actually don't i because i haven't tried it on the wii surely if they're better you would think if they're better then jesus christ preserve us because (laughs) it never really feels smooth uh it never really feels entirely accurate or comfortable uh it loses tracking frequently i don't think that was a problem with my setup i think it just loses tracking frequently because it didn't have uh you know i had played super mario odyssey uh not too long ago and i had no problems with the motion controls in that game at all whereas in this game constant tracking loss just just like drifting uh your point or drifting away and having to reset it which to be fair, they allow you to do with one press of a button on your on your Joy-Con uh, to reset it to the center. Mm-hmm. But I was having to do that all the time, constantly resetting the tracking on the on the Joy-Con. Um, so it kind of turns the tried and true Zelda game functionality into a bit of a nightmare to execute. You know, just constantly fighting the controls. Uh, which is a shame for like Zelda that. I think yeah. generally has pretty seamless controls. Like I would famous, say so. Famously, that's one of those things that those freaks at Nintendo, Sakurai, Miyamoto, etc., <laughs> always have talked about. You know, is yes how it has to feel good in your hands. Yeah, the quality control of really making sure that it feels uh, intuitive and comfortable yeah. for anyone yeah. playing. Uh, not so here. Not so here. I would say. Um, even like so a lot of the gameplay is based on the the direction of your like sword slashes and uh using tools uh, you know different equipment in different ways with the motion controls flinging and such um and a lot of that is like essentially intuitive but in practice it's it gets janky it gets messed up you know it like it, the way you're using it is intuitive but the execution is oftentimes poor uh Do you and think not that you- fluid you think that, I mean, obviously what you're saying can be objectively true. I'm not saying that it's not. But do you think that subjectively this would hit a lot less hard if you had played it on launch day before you had experienced the VR before, and before you could see where <laughs> technology is at today? You know what I mean? Like, is it just, it just the, mo- the motion controls have just so dated, probably not just that whole game, but really most of the games on that system that heavily relied on it, right? Probably, yes. And yet, 
I do know that people have complained about this since the game's release. Uh, right. I, I know that too, but you're not um, saying I think anything new. No, but I do think you're also right in that I have now the context of years, years uh, past that point of development with the, that type of control, motion controls of any right. sort. Um, so I know what's achievable now and it, it hurts to go back a little bit. Sure. Especially um, like since you've been in VR, it must like really be painful to like be doing like the most primitive form of VR with a one controller in hand that loses tracking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're using both Joe cons, by the way, you're, you're oftentimes, you know, with your, um, like, is it one spin, of them just a thumbstick slashes? No. Uh, well, the left one has a thumbstick and uh, the D pad on it. Right. right. Um, that, that's whereas the right one has the buttons and yeah. right. Yeah. I, I yeah. My brother, uh, but Wii. As, I didn't play much. Okay, I played at lands and that kind of thing. When I was running the gaming club. Oh, the Wii, yes, the Wii. Or yeah, the one of them is it's the you get the nunchuck, which is just the 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 thumbstick itself. Sorry, I was talking yeah. about the Switch. Yeah, sorry, I was talking about the Wii. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, you're doing like spin slashes. I've spin sl- Yeah, and um, like overhead flips, spin slashes, and stuff like that. Uh, using both of the controllers, you're you're swinging the Joy Cons around in tandem, mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and you also use it for like during the flying segments in the sky. You're using your controllers to like give your uh, your your loft wing some lift and such stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I f- I have to imagine there were other Wii games that yeah ha- that felt more fluid than Skyward Sword. Because people complained about Skyward Sword, but I feel like there's other Wii games that people had uh, less of a hard time with, you know? I can't say for sure. I wasn't there. I mean, I was there, but I, I wasn't uh, using one at the time. So anyway, uh-huh. uh, <clears throat> I will say uh, once I put like a dozen hours or so in the game, I did mellow somewhat. I think my time at the end was like 40 something hours because I did like main Jesus. plus extra um didn't uh, not completionist but like closer to that than the mm-hmm. default um and i think i mellowed somewhat about halfway through that point still you know frustrated by the frequent t- tracking issues but i was used to it by that point used to its quirks um and when the motion controls work as you expect them to the game is fun and uh the zelda trademarks are competently designed but i don't think it ever exceeds the other 3d entries in any area it's probably the weakest 3d entry Mm -hmm. to date uh but there's there there is good stuff in there i think it's just a shame that it's inherently hamstrung by the problems with the motion controls and the focus on motion controls in the first place i think that was definitely a an era you know they they i think the story was that the director wanted to drop the motion plus controls or whatever and Mm -hmm. the uh nintendo said no you have to use them so they went back to production with those um, I don't know. So, uh, oh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, no, no. I want, I want you to finish your thought. I have a different thought to ask you about. No, please. I I, I was done with that thought, so you can go. Okay. Say. Um, is it then true to say that among the mainline Zelda games you've played thus far, Skyward Sword ranks the lowest? Um, more like Skyward Board. Yeah, probably. And uh, the second, a second question I thought when I was thinking of that question, 
When was the last time you played Majora's Mask? I don't remember what you were talking about on the podcast, is why I asked. Not for a long time. Okay, um, so you were you you've been you've been playing the Zelda series in order, but you have allowed yourself to skip the ones that you've played before. Well, yes, but also I've been playing them quote unquote in order in that I I wanted to play Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword before I played Breath of the Wild because I had never gotten to those mm-hmm. two. Uh, yeah. Link's Awakening was just like a side thing for me because oh, I also yeah, wanted I, to I play I got uh, Link's Trin- Awakening HD. Uh, on the switch, you know. Yeah. And and then tunic, tunic yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So it it was sort of like not really a chronological thing. Um, I got you. Okay. But I have played Ocarina and Majora. Uh, right. I I know you had played it. I was my favorite one is reason. still Wind Waker. Um, yeah. I think it's hard to say now because you know the the first Legend of Zelda game. It's kind of a completely different beast. Um, and unless you straight up remember the stuff, like the secrets about it, it's kind of hard to go back to from a modern gamer's perspective because there's a lot of just time wasting looking for stuff. <laughs> and oh, sure, uh, it's very yeah. basic by today's standards, you know. A little original Legend of Zelda, yeah. And I've never played Zelda 2, for the record. Yeah. Mm, the Adventure of Link, man. I, I don't think I've ever played that one either. But that's that's a even more of a different beast than the original Zelda. That's the differentest beast of all. Yeah. Um, but I have fond memories of playing the original Zelda back when I was a kid. You know, my first console was an NES, and Zelda was one of the games that I played on there. It also and, makes uh, me kind of a. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Just randomly, totally different thought, somewhat related. Is Breath of the Wild two the first time that? A mainline Zelda game has been, from what it seems at least, a straight sequel to the original, and like gameplay and well, narrative. But I guess Majora's Mask was a direct it. sequel to Ocarina, but not in gameplay. You know what I mean? Or really even in narrative? But like, like I mean, it's a like sequel they, to the to the Child Link timeline. <laughs> I, I know that technically, but that's not like I think relevant to what the game is. You know what I mean? That's not like something they could like market as. I mean, they marketed it as a sequel, I think, to Ocarina. They were saying, like, this is where we left off. I mean, he's looking, Link is looking for Navi after she left to the forest or whatever. All right, that's he has fair. A bono. I, I guess that's fair. But, I, but more the form of the game. Like, I imagine Breath of the Wild 2 is going to play very similar to Breath of the Wild 1. Yeah. Is that a fair take? But, like, Majora's Probably. Mask, I think, had a totally different form than Ocarina. Like, each one of their games is trying to be innovative in a. In a, in a gameplay sense, when you think about it, you know what I mean. They the, all I have mean the their thi- own crazy gimmick. Are you just talking about different. the mask system in Majora? I'm talking about the mask system, the time system, the the three oh, dungeon the structure system. versus like the the seven dungeon structure. Like it was, it was a totally different form of a Zelda game than Ocarina of Time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it did have marked differences in that respect. So, I think and it's arguable so that the kind of yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah, true. But there's stuff that's arguable, like Ocarina having the, you know, the time travel with the young and adult, and now you're having the time travel with the three-day cycle. Um, but as, as far as, yeah, the mask system, it, it, It's a different, it's a totally quest, different way to play, though, is yeah. what I mean. Like, like, I guess I'm just saying, like, it feels like they, they don't do anything with Zelda unless they think it's interesting and, and new. You know what I mean? 
at least mm-hmm. not with the mainline games, like Wind Waker's sailing system and then Twilight Princess's wolf system, while while admittedly trying to be a return to form, you know what I mean? Skyward Sword motion yeah. thing. Um, Breath of the Wild just totally open nature. So I'll, I maybe I'm being poo pooing about Breath of the Wild too. I, I guess I'm just more more than I'm now that I'm talking about. I'm wondering what the next big thing, what Breath of the Wild two is going to do different from Breath of the Wild. You're gonna add multiplayer. <laughs> It'll and just completely plays, like I mean I didn't play uh, the first one, but I don't know. One person plays Link, one person plays Zelda. Honestly, th- and this sounds crazy. I feel like a multiplayer in that game would almost have to be like a weird Souls-like system. I mean, they've done, um, what was that one you could play with four players in the Game Boy? Uh, four Swords. Uh, four Swords. Four, four Swords, yeah. You know, and I had done, that I game mean, Obviously, slept. it's very different, you know, not an open world. You know, they've done multiplayer in the past. That's a great stream idea. Holy shit. It would be a fun one. I don't know if that's even, like... I guess there's probably a way to link it up emulation-wise. I am 100% sure there's a way. <laughs> I mean, if there's, a, I was if gonna, there's a thing like that exists, people have found a way to do it. Uh, about that kind of thing. Probably. Thing. Probably. I was going to joke that they're they're just going to insert uh, the Hyrule Warriors gameplay into Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the Wild 2 is not... or Sorry, Tears of the Kingdom is not going to be a... Uh, it's not going to play at all like Breath of the Wild. They're just mm-hmm. going to do Hyrule Warriors again. Oh, um, sorry, Flasser. I kind of stepped all over your thing. What? I did mention uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, which were not... Great games. One was not a sequel to the other, but they were companion pieces them. to each other. And if you transferred your yeah. progress from one to the next, it would continue your, the story. Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think that I is... Got one. I think that is like the only other example. I was I was gonna say that like the side oh. games are different, but even like the GBA yeah. line of games like Minish Cap and Phantom Hourglass and then Spirit Tracks. Phantom Hourglass totally was a direct different. sequel to Wind Waker, but on well, uh, right, but they were all totally different forms. You know what I mean? Like like actual gameplay loops were different in a lot of ways. Yeah, I guess. Mean? Yeah. Huh. huh. Interesting. I wasn't expecting that to be a, a controversial take. Maybe I'm not explaining it well i think i understand what you're saying i just don't know that that it's enough of a distinction because i think because of what you're saying in that they try with every game to innovate in some way or or at least innovate within the context of their own series you know they're always trying stuff they're always throwing stuff yeah. at the wall um so there's always That's something one of the things i always like about nintendo like yeah uh, in both their hardware and, and in some of their games they, they they do try to do that kind of shit to be Mario is like a major exception in my mind is something they do that's just pretty much but even then you can't even say that about recently but like for the most part it's the same thing every time you know what I mean but they I would say they have a good balance of playing it safe while trying things you know they're yeah. it's not wholly one or the other I guess Galaxy and Odyssey were pretty different yeah I would say so alright Flash do you have anything else to say about Zelda or any other topics um, on your brain Oh, just that there's uh, some repetitive, unfun bullshit near the end of the game. <laughs> um, it really is a problem that becomes more frustrating the longer the game goes, because mm-hmm. large swaths of it become comprised of fetch questy type content. So the pacing just really suffers because of that. Um, I smell, yeah. 
there's stuff in the the last act of the game that's like i cannot believe i have another like set of things to collect or or do instead of just progressing to the next you know dungeon type gameplay section right um but on a brighter note, I would say that the rest of the game is pretty pleasant. You know, I like the sky aesthetic, uh, and I like the g- general light atmosphere. Though I think my favorite Zeldas are probably the ones that are able to balance light and dark more than this one. Um, although I, I say that, but my favorite Zelda is Wind Waker, and that one's pretty light for the most part. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm talking on my ass or my own preferences. But uh, anyway, Sky Islands is a it's a pretty great setting um the sort of like culture of the world is a nice angle um a, like a little bit different from their other games although did it did it feel like wind waker in, in in the air um i think that's what they were going for but that's, i didn't but personally get the same feeling um uh, for some reason the sailing on the great sea to different islands felt less like filler and i don't know why that is i do not think it's because i like sea better than air i don't think it's that simple and you're doing you're actually doing more in the air like gameplay wise you're like flipping your joy cons to give yourself lift and steering yourself with the motion control Dude, maybe that maybe that's why it's because like in wind waker it's nice just to like go with the wind and I, maybe that is maybe there's there's like a calming aspect of sailing the great sea in wind waker Maybe like if you like when you master that loop of flying, you don't want to be doing it fucking everywhere. You know what I mean? You already know how to do it. Right. Like, what do you get from like pressing these buttons in just the right way every time? You know what I mean? It would be nice to have. Yeah, you have to at some point. Yeah, there's um, there's a fast travel system late in the game in Wind Waker that's that hits you right about the point that you would really ask for one. Is that because you're like I'm kind of searching for the for the pieces? Well, you get um. It's only it's to certain a, places, and it's it's based on the um. There's like a wind god that that can transport you by tornado to different locations on the Great Sea. It's not directly connected to the Triforce thing, but it is nearer to that time in the in yeah. the game. Um, and it yeah, it's definitely around the time that you're like, okay, I'm I'm ready to just kind of fast travel around the Great Sea. This game does technically introduce a fast travel system really late in the game, but it's it's not that useful. Uh, for multiple reasons, and it and it doesn't allow you to go, uh, or, or it's too late in the game to really be useful. Doesn't allow you to go to that many places, and not even in the sky. And it gets blocked off at a certain point in the game story, so kind of useless. And I wish they had introduced one like start of third act, just introduce mm-hmm. a fast travel system to certain places. Probably would have been, but I think they were just thinking, you know. This is Skyward Sword. Sky is the whole point. Flying around is the whole point. So how are we to get rid of that, you know? Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be uh, shooting ourselves in the foot here? Um, but I don't like it as much as, <laughs> as Salem. Uh, yeah, I, I like the characters. Not exactly turning stuff upside down with those guys, but um, we got a good Zelda. Interesting type of helper character in Fi. Um, there's some other standouts like Girahim being the you know one of the villains. He's a good villain, uh, and the fights with him are, I would say are standouts as well. Although I did like some others like uh, <clears throat> Kalaktos, which is this automaton you have to delim and then use its swords against it. Uh, and the final battle is fun. 
So there's some there's some stuff that's like standout, and a lot of it is like kind of forgettable. Um, which I feel I feel like you want to you want to have memorable dungeons dungeons and bosses in a Zelda game. I'm not sure that this one succeeds across the board. I don't think it does. Um, and then one thing I w- I do wish they'd lean more into they had leaned more into is how early this game is in the timeline. You know, it's, it's the first game that we know of in the timeline. And, uh, yeah, the world of Skyward Sword is pretty much the same as any other Zelda title. <laughs> Some basic tribes living in a world with relics of ancient civilizations. Like by the time of Skyward Sword, there's already relics of ancient civilizations and, and ruins and stuff like that. And it's even more wacky because apparently there was a, an ancient civilization with autonomous robotic life forms that are now like relics. So it kind of would have been neat to see a world where the ancient civilization is you, you know, where it's happening right now uh, because of how early this is set. And this is also the start of the Link and Zelda sort of like pattern in, in this world. Mm -hmm. So maybe, uh, maybe breath of the wild two will have Link and Zelda build a computer. (laughs) That'll be, that'll be the difference. Okay. Yeah. You know, that makes they sense. Used, they use the Tears of the Kingdom as 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 CPU power. <laughs> they use the Tears of the Kingdom to cool the CPU. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. Yeah. <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. Uh, so, yeah. Overall, this game, maybe more than any other in the series, felt like the one with the most unrealized plot potential. But what's there is like, Hey, nothing wrong with that. You know, many things wrong with the gameplay, but <laughs> as far as the uh, as far as everything else about the game, it's like decent. All right, cool, Pretty good. You need three that's things me, to build that's a computer. Me sword take. What? You, <laughs> yes, wisdom, courage, and power. <laughs> and they're not sure if they completed it until the Triforce glows on this on the side of the case. <laughs> <laughs> until they can put it as a screensaver they're not sure right right it's cool because the the triforce uh points do that thing where they they bloop, bloop and bleep down until they hit the corner of the screen the monitor and they fit mm-hmm. like perfectly into the corners <laughs> <laughs> limitless it's power really zelda watch. why shouldn't it be ours <laughs> yeah oh you know hey it's a good time to bring it up yeah, I was telling in Tomba there was you know three secret towers you could you could get uh get yes. the, so you're not a whole line series you no 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 secret I, weapons I, I listen get this the towers the tower of strength the tower of wisdom the tower of courage oh total so like knock off they do that do you think they knew <laughs> <laughs> you mean Tomba Tomba released in 1997 do you think they knew about the Triforce do you think now? they knew about that. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, I was like, how'd they get away with this? Well, it wasn't right. strength. I mean, it wasn't power. It's strength. So it's legally distinct. Ah, oh, you're right. Oh, okay, fair enough. Flask, you got anything else on your brain? Nah, just words, squared sword. Okay. hi and such. Well, uh, I think now's a good time. About an hour in. We got a small crew. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back with my round table. A little prattling of news. 
And uh, hey, might end up a little bit early tonight. That's okay. We give you fucks so much content. <laughs> you fucks. You content. You content filled fucks. You know what's weird? What's up? What's up? I think when I said hiya and such, I was thinking of Fox's Fox McCloud's hiya from Smash Brothers. Like hiya, you know that. Oh, but, the Fox but mean. Link also goes hiya, right? Hiya, hiya, you know that kind of thing. Hiya. So they, do they share that in common? Sure. Like, what is Link's catchphrase? He goes like, huh, yeah. I guess it's more of a, yeah, that kind of thing. Like, H-Y-A-A-H. Dude, what if Star Fox started as a Zelda game and it just got too weird? <laughs> <laughs> Miyamoto's like, I don't know about that, man. Like, I can't have Link flying a TIE fighter. There is an R-Wing in Ocarina of Time, so I think uh, you're completely 100% correct. Thank you. I just figured that out. I I just figured that out. You should post that on gamingmysteriesolved.com/wiki/com. Did you know gaming? <laughs> did you know game? Did you know? <laughs> Star Fox started as a Legend of Zelda title, but Miyamoto said, <laughs> "F." Did you know Resident Evil Four started as one of many things, including a Zelda title? Wait, how many games started as a Zelda title? <laughs> a, I think a, all of them did. I was going to say, dude, it's a conspiracy. I thought you were going to make the joke like, did you know Resident Evil 4 started as a Devil May Cry game? Well, the Devil May Cry game started as a Zelda game, though, so it's like... <laughs> did you, did you, yeah. but, oh, did you also know that Devil May thank, Cry thank started you, as a Legend of Zelda game? Did you know that The Legend of Zelda 2 Adventure of Link started as a Zelda game? It, d it did? Are you sure yes. it didn't start as a Resident Evil game? Did you know that The, Adve the Adventure of Link Legend of Zelda 2 started as a Castlevania title? That one I could believe. Bloody Tears of the Kingdom. Welcome back, everybody. If you dare. Like I promised, I got all new, never-before-seen content tonight. I'll start with my games. I bought the video game Noida. No, you didn't. Noida. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have this. Yeah, it's a roguelike game where you play as uh, a wizard. And the whole game's about getting different wands that have different uh, uh, stats and mixing and matching spells and mixing and matching liquids to make uh, alchemical potions, that kind of thing, as you proceed deeper and deeper into this weird world. Um, guess the if you if you haven't if you're not familiar with the name, you might be familiar with the roguelike game that has like falling sands particle physics, where like things fall like they would in those old flash games. Um, things mix and match, create smoke, oil, etc. Yeah, is it like voxel based or it has some kind of physics, I comp don't physics know. component I, where it's it definitely has a lot of physics going on. Organically deteriorating. <laughs> it's a lot of fun compared to like some 
something like I play a lot of Swanky too. It's a lot more forgiving than um, some roguelikes I've played. Um, at, w- at the same time, it's got an insane amount of depth. I feel like there's so many different spells and like ways you can combine them. And everything and I've I've literally just barely scratched the surface. I've only played it a few hours. Um, for a guy like me who likes the the wizard thing, it's pretty sick. I like it. Yeah, I played it when it was I think in early access. Uh, I have about four hours into it. Um, yeah, I, I also enjoy it. It's a fun roguelike. You should check it out. Maybe Alex was watching me play, and he was saying it looked pretty different from. Well, there were some things that weren't in the game when he played. I, I'm sure they've added stuff. It came out of early access, I think, in April twenty one. I looked this up the other day. Yeah, let's check it out for sure. Yeah, it does I'll seem talk a more bit tailored for. Deeper. Andy interests. <laughs> yeah. Wizard spells. It looks cool. Get more powerful by like solving problems. Yeah. Figuring stuff out. Experimenting. That's my shit. Mixing shit. And John's tale of slaying his old demons has inspired me. His childhood demons, I mean. Um I told the tale about Cartoon Network Speedway before. I won't, I won't be paying to go through it again, but the gist <laughs> is that I've started playing Golden Sun. What? That game? Yes. With the sequel? I think I've left it on, and I was definitely like watching a show. Sometimes watching the show way more than that game. A lot. So like, my save has like nine hours on it, but I don't know how true that is. Uh, I, I've... Uh, John, I just cleared the first lighthouse in my game. Like, I beat the boss that came after the lighthouse. Oh, okay. So, I don't know how far that is, but, you know, I've, I'm like level 12 or 13, maybe a little higher. I'll play a little bit now. I'm really vibing with it, dude. Like, uh, it's got a lot of charm. Like, I was trying to think of how to, like, distill the game and, like, um, it's a really good one of those JRPG games for, like, basically three major reasons the reason why it's a cut above maybe some others is that like has really really good music the art style is very charming and like iconic i think and uh i'm digging the class system though like i've I've just barely touched that yet but like the the gins mixing match is pretty sick too this was on for sure game boy advanced right Yeah. yeah yeah Surprised you say it has uh, such good music because that's that is not unbelievable. It's just interesting that they were able to uh, to do well, well with that. You know, let me let me let me be clear here. I'm not a music guy, and I'm not saying these tracks are going to blow your mind. But like, no, you just mean vibe, for the game. Yeah, for vibing with the aesthetic and like being good, pleasant yeah. to hear. I'm digging it. Well, I get you. There, there are a few sound effects. Like, there's one sound effect that like sounds almost exactly like six errors popping at the same time on my computer like the, <laughs> bing, like bing, the bing, windows bing. noise like it's it's terrible um it's funny like you said it's on the gpa they're they working with all the guy i'll talk more about the game as i get further into it but really digging it i bet that my childhood and me would have loved playing this yeah i'm glad to hear you're digging it i think it's uh it's a good and it's only gonna get better I think, like, the only negative I have to say is, uh, the, <laughs> I don't, okay, there's, there's, a, there's one big thing and one very small thing. The big thing is that I hate how if I am targeting a guy and my buddy kills him, I just defend. 
I don't just auto attack another target. But I'm uh, sure that's yeah. like in more common with older GRPGs. Though I don't, though I don't think they the Final Fantasy games ever did that. Okay, cool. And then the other You're thing, right. more nitpicky, and it's just the game's age. There was once I had to look stuff up because like the story is presented in kind of confusing ways sometimes where like I I tried to save this tree guy. It didn't work. And he's just like, oh, just let me die now. And like, I'm like, oh, okay. So I spent like fucking 20 minutes running around that tree looking for like the next trigger for the story because I couldn't interact with anything new there before I like looked it up and I was like, oh, no, I actually got to go across the world to here. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I yeah, guess. I definitely remember it being one of those games where like anytime an event happened, I would just run to all the areas again to yeah. see something change. <clears throat> and maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. That's like when you're a kid and have that much time. Yeah. Uh, it's just tedious. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that you had to, the game expected you to stab the tree guy in the face and end his suffering. I wish. That's no, I'm trying to save, save him. You know, he's got a lot of people turned into trees and like, he's got to kind of fix that at least before he dies. I think oh, he's stringing me along. That's it for video games. Those are both games I've started and I'll talk more about next week. TV show-wise, I watched Apple TV's Severance. Watched all of the first season, which aired earlier this year. Ah, yes. Severance. Flash Fla talked about this show before, but this is the Ben Stiller-directed, Adam Scott-starring show about um, a huge corporation. Maybe it's tech. Maybe it's pharma. Maybe it's all the above. Uh, that has a department where people can undergo a severance procedure to work there. The severance procedure installs a memory chip in your brain that basically you don't remember anything that happens for the eight hours you're at work. And likewise, um, your work self called your any, as opposed to you being the Audi in the show, doesn't remember anything about their self or their life outside work. To them, they're always just working. Mm. Um, and you're, dig and you're digging it. Yeah, I, I liked the first season a lot. Actually, I I, I think Flask, uh, you liked it, but you had some some more problems with it than I did. And there's definitely some things I mm. thought were like a little silly. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really cool show. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see what happens with season two. Though I would be fine if season two never happened, honestly, just because I feel like the show did well for a good first season. Um, specifically Adam Scott, who you know, if you don't know the name, it's like uh, was it Ben in Parks and Rec? Yes. And who was he in the Good Place? The the evil guy. He's a demon. I forget yeah, I which demon he is, but he plays like a basically a, a dickwad demon. <laughs> yeah, but he's really good in the show. I mean, there's a lot of good characters in the show, including Christopher Walken. Um, but he uh, he he specifically played. Well, I mean. He's not the only actor who does this, but he plays the role of two people and having the same body and somewhat the same mind with two totally different sets of memories really well. It's fun to see him like transition from his work self to his uh his real self, you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, you should check it out. That's Severance Apple TV. If I like you it a lot. Dare. Probably one of my favorite shows of the year. I don't know how many shows I've seen that this year though. Uh, 
I will just say, Flask, I do have Raised by Wolves and Raised by Wolves 2 docked up, too. Oh, okay. I still have not yet watched Raised by Wolves Season 2. I know, you recommended Raised by Wolves specifically to me, and that's stuck in my brain. Yes. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's whole sort of the way it presents itself. It's whole deal is uh, probably worth it to you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for my roundtable. I think it's time for a little bit of news. Ugh. Ugh. Do we? Uh, yeah. Okay. I said it's time for a little bit of news. Thank you, thank you, thank you. First up, the NVIDIA RTX Remix overview was presented, which uh, was using Morrowind as a showcase, where they basically showed for 90 minutes a, you know, 2002's Morrowind or whatever it was, compared to um, how it looked after they applied this shader to it. Well, I don't know what it is. Well, it's an AI. It, it's an AI based like uh, um, upscaling to fun- right. tool. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. A lot of people seem excited by this. Um, I wasn't <laughs> really. I don't know. Um, I think it'll have a lot of application for modding. Most of all, yeah, you know, I like, think it'll be very useful. At the same time, it, it basically I, cuts down on like tons of manual work you know yeah that's, that's its big uh functionality but won't you have to have a specific way to won't you have to have a specific card for this and i mean yeah rtx capable cards yes right which i mean yeah like yes that is painful for people that don't have that but that's it's an rtx application whatever so it's on those cards, I guess, you know. Okay. Uh, next up, I like this preview from PC Gamer about the new game Broken Roads. Um, that sounds familiar. apparently apparently it would not be inaccurate to to describe what this game is trying to do as something similar to Disco Elysium in Australia. All right, all right, got my attention. One of the big things. This is a quote from the creator. One of the big things is that the morality system in this game is not just good versus evil, not just law versus chaos, light versus dark, whatever. What we've got is what's called the the moral compass. The moral compass. The system maps the actions you take along four philosophical quadrants. Utilitarian, Machiavellian, Nihilist, and Humanist. The important thing is we aren't going to judge people based on what they choose. Right, but who's good and who's evil, though? You evil, you good. I mean, you know, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. I need. I just needed to know, you know, to enjoy the game. Yeah, Yeah, I'm reading this right now. It seems seems cool. Um, go full nihilist. What would you guys go out of out of the four here? Um, I'd probably end up somewhere like in between a bunch of different, uh, paths because I'd be more of a moderate than any extreme. Well, I assume. I mean, for my first be. game or in real life? Uh, your first, first playthrough. I'm looking at either 
a humanist or a utilitarian. I was thinking that too. I'd probably end up between those. <laughs> Look at the art style though on this menu. Like specifically the moral history log. Tell me this game wasn't inspired by Disco Elysium 100%. Oh yeah, for sure. You can yeah, see yeah, it right definitely. there in the pixels. Hey, but you know what? Even if this game ends up being a pale imitation of it, I'm I'm happy to see games going for complex and weird stuff. You know what I mean? I'm a big fan of that. Big, big yeah, fan. I mean, you know, successful game. It inspires uh, not, you know, clones or necessarily or things that rip it off, but like it inspires a certain type of game. Uh, that's that's fine. You know, that's good. This uh, we liked, this one we liked author, the game that inspired. This one author says for PC gamer Phil Savage says that of all the games he played at Gamescom, this is the one that has the most potential. That's cool. Oh, okay. He did say he only, praises. He did say he only played a a few or a small slice of it, but it did. You know, he wrote pretty positively about it. But it's said in Australia. Man, who gives a shit, right? The Lunar New Year sale is being replaced on Steam. What? Uh, Steam um, will, instead of doing the Lunar New Year, have a major spring sale event. Oh, why? So that they have one for every season. They have a summer sale, a fall That's sale, and a winter jump. sale, but they never have a spring sale. The lunar sale is the closest thing. But Yeah, but the lunar sale is cool because I got a little, like the flash one, it was Year of the Rat, and I got a little rat emotes on Steam. <laughs> Sorry. Where am I going to oh, get my rat man. emotes, dude? Oh, the addition man. of a spring sale was a popular request from our developer and publisher community. It will allow us to create more space between our four major seasonal sales and provide more opportunities throughout the year for developers to expand and execute their discounting calendar. Some stupid fucking bullshit. <laughs> My rat emotes. <laughs> Dude, this is sick. What the fuck? He's got a little cheese man. <laughs> Where am I going to get these rat emotes, dude? <laughs> dude, these rat emotes are sick. So I'm saying, I don't know what next year is, but... The listeners at home, John, not, no, John is a... Matter. Posting rat emotes at me on Steam is why I'm saying that. <laughs> That's the only three I have. All right. That's the Lunar New Year's sale. Hey, and some good news, though. Grounded got a 1.0 release. Yeah, it did. Go out there and squash some bugs, everybody. Yeah, I'm excited, dude. Uh, we've been following that game a lot. We won't say much about it because we haven't played it yet. But, um, yeah, we John and Flask and I started... Like, pretty much as soon as the game jumped in early access. And we've played a little bit as updates have come out. Um, at a certain point over the summer when we were playing, we got, you know, we heard that the 1.0 was coming in. It's like, yeah, let's just restart, right? Cool well, our Yeah, why, originally, why well, I thought that, and I swear I read it, that, like, you weren't going to be able to carry your save over. Uh, but it turns out you, you are able to carry your save over. You just... I guess when you start, you kind of just start in the spawn zone and have to go walk over to your base. Oh, I mean, I am fine with restarting, but uh, I don't care if we do. I also wouldn't mind just starting because we weren't th that far. Yeah. We just kind of did like the beginner stuff. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be 
really okay with like starting from where we were because we've done that content like three times now. Hey, yeah. I'm fine with and that. We just we just built that like big ass like uh, base. Right. Who walled uh, off the who, entire section? Who hosted that? I think you did. I think. Oh you shit! Did. I, I hope I still have it. I'm sure I do. Yeah, I hope you do too. He's scrambling to delete it right now so that we can all start over. Hey, John, while I check something completely unrelated, why don't you talk about Valheim for a minute? Because I just had a major S update, and I'm sure it has you excited to jump back in. Well, I wouldn't say major, because I don't think the Mistlands is out yet, but it did have well, a update. I was being tongue-in-cheek. Oh. Well, it did have a update, and it uh, appears now. It's on Game Pass, first of all. Um, and now it supports cross-play. Um, and by that... I don't think it's on the PlayStation yet, but you can play on PC to Game Pass. Um, and if you're on uh, you know, the Game Pass, you can connect to Steam players. So that's, that's pretty neat. Uh, crossplay is always good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously there's no, down, yeah, no downplay to crossplay. Or no downside to crossplay. Um, I'm man, sure people I really could wish think this of some. Mishland update would come out. I don't know. It's been, is that still not out? No. Huh. No, and then that's not even 1.0. I think there's you know, probably some one or two after that. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I understand. It's a really small team. What they're like, there are five people, and I think they hired a few more or something after the money came in. Dude, I think like, it's totally fine to understand that. And rough. At, and at the same time, be like, you know, I gotta wait until it's out, and it sucks. That I have to wait. Yeah. Grounded update, by the way. I have a save from May 31st. 22, which sounds about right, right? Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. And at the same time, it says this save is from early access and may be unstable or broken. Oh, God. I mean, hopefully you could update it, right? And like once, once it's slotted into 1.0, it could shore it up a bit. I'll try loading it while we speak about the next topic, which is the video game Donkey has made waves by launching his own indie publishing company called Big Mode. He says it's a natural uh, continuation of his channel and uh, has uh, publishers and video game personalities all over the world at a tizzy over the idea of donkey publishing games. I don't understand what the huge hubbub is about this. Is it just because he's a super popular YouTuber or is it because people are... Con I, I think... Part of it is people are conflicted about like the nature of that. I'm not. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know Donkey too well, so I've been following the story, so I I can't. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't sure. kept up with him in a couple of years because I kind of got sick of his shtick. I uh, so I stopped. I more I, so long. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I stopped loading our save because this cutscene was playing, so I think I think it was working. <laughs> oh, uh, I was gonna say. I mean, I don't. I like I said, I haven't followed this, but I thought it was more of like, I don't know, who does this guy think he is that he can start like a publishing company right. that's gonna be successful? Which is ridiculous, because like right. anyone with enough clout and finances can start whatever they want, and if they succeed or not is just kind of like up to whether they do or not. It's mm -hmm. just, yeah. it remains to be seen. Uh, 
I think I think maybe it was the nature of his video. I didn't watch it, but I think he said he was like kind of egotistical or like a little bit arrogant about his um judgment being superior to others or something like that. I, I don't know. Something about him knowing what vi- good video games are. I think oh, so okay. maybe right, people took that, that yeah, the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, probably helped watch the video. Yeah, maybe he's Yeah. Maybe he just came across like I I am the master of games so I can make them. And I will. Well, all of his content is sort of like rides that line between joking and and um, giving legitimate, you know, reviews of games and and uh, opinions and stuff like that. So I- I'm sure his fan base is clamoring to say that this that it was tongue in cheek or that it was he wasn't being serious about his claims of superiority or that maybe even that it wasn't that bad. I don't know. I haven't watched the video. Um, but that, that is, I mean, ironically, what kind of annoys me about him and his fan base is that like, nothing is ever serious if it makes him look bad. And a lot of stuff he does kind of makes him look bad as a, as a reviewer and a, a game critic, I should say. Right. Someone who's like in the industry. But as far as the actual venture goes, it's like, what is people's deal with a guy starting a company? You know, <laughs> there's okay. I'm pretty yeah, sure that a lot of it. Is in response to Donkey saying some cringe shit on a video, which, like, I honestly think you can yeah, interpret was, it yeah, as, was, like, you know, being on the channel, like, in the personality. That's what. That's exactly what I was saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The UK police have arrested a 17-year-old hacker in connection with GTA 6 leaks. And, and as we said last time, hacker could be a like an overstatement of what he actually did, right? Well, you know, if he didn't like bust in any mainframes, but technically, what he did is hacking, right? Under legal definition, yeah. It more, I mean, it was hacking, but more social engineering, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Getting people's accounts through, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, talking to other people. Yeah, basically, like phishing and like social engineering, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they got him. He's, I mean, well, he's a kid though. So, you know, it's just the time to do crimes. You can get away with it. 17 too. He, he knew he had a less than a year to pull off the biggest highest, right? <laughs> wasn't the, uh, wasn't the guy who did the Half-Life 2 leak, like also pretty young? I think he was also a bit on the young side. I forget. Don't surprise me. You gotta be young thing. you're gonna get away with something like this. I'm pretty sure that guy like, got like four years probation though. I don't even know if that guy did time. Especially because hmm. this kid was like trying to sell the information. Yeah. You know, and different stuff. Like when I saw that offering like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that for source code, it's like, dude, what the fuck? You're just you're you're God. Exactly. You're gonna get Gunzo. caught. Uh, hopefully he learns the lesson. Yeah, we'll see. I wonder if he has a dead drop for the GTA 6 source, though. That'd be hilarious. Or uh, <laughs> not a dead drop, a uh, dead man's trigger, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be, be a good one. A previously unseen chapter has been added to Man of Medan. I did not play Man of Medan. I started with the the second game. It was just okay. (laughs) In a lot of ways. 
They also, yeah, I think that's what I've heard. It was it was better than the second one, but not by much. They did apparently improve both of those games, uh, Man of Madonna and Little Hope. Um, other tweaks through updates. Yeah, other tweaks include new difficulty settings and QTE warnings, improved UI, increased walking speeds, and more accessibility options, including the ability huh. to resize subtitles. I guess right, that's that's cool. that's cool. Yeah, players will be able to. Interesting that they just add new content though. Yeah, no, it's pretty sick. In Man of Madon, players will be able to explore Flooded, which introduces new gameplay and new deaths to the climactic ending of the game. Yeah, I mean, um, there's, there's more deaths, more, more, more deaths. I mean, that wouldn't convince <laughs> me to like if I played it. That wouldn't convince me to get back on and play it again. But it's funny that the quality of life improvements would probably more convince you to play it for the first time than the actual new content they added, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like know, it, uh, stuff that makes it shores up the game. I know Greg was interested in playing Mammoth again. Oh yeah, he did talk about that. Supermassive's "The Devil in Me" is coming on eighteenth of November. November, okay. That is the. We've seen this game before, but it's set to be the anthology's first season finale. It's uh, going to riff on the murder castle set up by H.H. Holmes. Okay. What does the finale mean in the context of an anthology series? I guess the the guy, the presenter guy is going to be like, okay, well, that was the last one I have for right now. See ya. It will meet him. Maybe he's the murderer. Maybe solve the game before we even started. It's crazy. He does I mean, appear to be in some kind of grand library setting, yeah. walking through like corridors and stuff like you that. You know, and we did like meet the the narrator lady in um, yeah, the quarry. That fucking game we played was the quarry. Yeah, the quarry. We didn't meet her, True. but you know, she was a she real was a part of person. it. Yes. Yeah. Run into that room, the library, and punch him in the fucking face. Oh, we'll stop telling stories. Hey, here's your clue. I'll fucking knock him. <laughs> Well, friends, that was take a this dark podcast. Picture. Maybe even the best podcast of all time. I wasn't going to rate it, but it would be the full amount of stars. There's the something system. about how light it was, how streamlined and, and easy, you know? There wasn't a whole lot of fucksing around. I agree. So, to our podcast hosts, I hope you guys have a safe time in Italy. I hope to see you all soon. <laughs> to the listeners out there, hey, you know what? I hope you guys all have a nice time in Italy too. I do Enjoy not want to see you Italy. soon. That is to say, unless you were to contact us through one of our official channels, as mentioned earlier in the pod. But also, still listen to us in Italy, please. That would be great. Quote they have internet Italy. over there. You'd be doing more than Vito does. That's for damn sure. All right, with the last word of the evening, Flask, what do you have to say to our listeners? Yeah. Um, but, um, shit. Uh, Bongiorno? Is that the right one? My friends called me Giorgio. But no, but whatever. Bon oui. If only Vita were here, I could say goodbye to him. Hey, listeners. Your podcast host Andy here with an update. While playing the GPA on my computer recently, 
I decided to adopt a solution that Flask mentioned in a previous episode called RetroArc. RetroArc, one word. That's kind of like an all-in-one emulation box. This is not a sponsored message or anything. I'm just really digging it. You know, I, I know I know how computers work. If you're listening to this, I bet you do too. There's all different kinds of emulators out there. All different kinds of solutions. But for me, it always ends up ending up in like a hundred different folders. And I kind of forget what I've got installed, what works best. Um, RetroArch for me so far has just kind of worked. It's best on, uh, it has emulators for pretty much everything. And it works well for stuff prior to the PS2 generation. So everything after that, you'll still have to have your own dedicated stuff. But if you're just looking for some retro gaming, check out RetroArch. And use it in conjunction with Play Night. Play Night is a front end for all of your games combined into one. I've got Steam on it. I've got GOG on it. But most importantly, I can just click Golden Sun and it launches. And it's it's like it's not even being emulated. It just, it just works. And I pick up my controller and I play. So anyway, this is a... Sounds like an advertisement because it is. Because I just want those things to be highlighted. But I'm not being paid for this. At least not yet. If you work for Play Night or Retro, or hit me up. We can discuss something. Anyway, that's all. Hey, listeners. Surprise. Flask here. Update to Andy's update. He did a good job of selling RetroArch and Play Night, which are great applications, and I should know because I have championed them at every opportunity. In fact, uh, Andy sort of undersold how I helped him and John get their emulation up and running. Do I think he was trying to revise history? No. He, he wouldn't do that. Would he? No. It couldn't be. He wouldn't do that. He knows how much emulation means to me. Flask? No. Andy's a good guy. And, you know, I'm not saying this out of egotism. Of course. I'm just uh, exploiting my ability to control the narrative through editing. And give you all the unfiltered truth. But the point is, RetroArch and Play Night still hit Andy up but uh, ultimately on my behalf as your biggest fan. Anyway, that's all.